0: Today I am with the North Street Studio? North Street Studio crew, are
1: you calling yourselves? Yeah,
2: I
0: suppose so. North Street Massive. North
1: North Street Posse. Posse. Yeah, North Street
0: Posse. (laughs) Which which five magazine readers will know our friend Ashley Beadle, who was on the cover last year. Darren Morris, who is the resident engineer and owner of the North Street Studio. Hello. And Joe Wallace, who is the owner of and operator of Ramrock Records, and tell us about the other
1: the other labels. I've got F-Star Clear, which is a digital dance label, which is currently having a lot of success with um, Stan Sirkin's Save Me, and uh, I've got Ramrock, which is reggae, Ramrock Blue, which is soul, and Ramrock Red, which is baleric and hip-hop and jazz.
0: So not much going on for you
1: No, then. it's very <laughs> dull. <laughs>
0: So I am. I am will some and I will be trying to keep some sort of semblance of order as we as we proceed. Order,
1: <laughs> get your gamble out.
0: So let's start off as as chronologically as we can with um, how this collective came into being. So I suppose you two, Darren and Ashley, met first. Am I right in thinking? Yes,
3: that? Um, Express Two. Um, we. Had Darren in, I think, on the second album. That's right. Yeah. Um, working on the second album as a uh, session guy. Keyboards. Keyboards, basically. Because um, we can't play a <laughs> We had the same manager,
4: didn't we? We didn't had we? the same manager, yeah. So having the same manager helped, helped put us together. So your manager and my manager, Chris, said, let's... Let's get some keyboards from Darren, so that's, yeah, that's, that's how, how we met me. Um, and I, I was fresh off um, working with David Holmes, really, in that sort of school, and bow down to the Exit Sound, which we did in New York. So it was all quite dark stuff. And Express 2 was very different,
3: Yeah. Yeah. you know,
4: um, something I hadn't done before. So was
0: that yeah. your first experience making house music, Darren?
4: In a way, yes. I mean, I've done. Uh, I worked a lot with Jags Kuna who was quite... Um, getting in quite a lot of remixes, but he was more coming from more of a punk angle and ESG sort of influences, whereas um, Express 2
0: was very much more, house. more dance and house level. <laughs> on. Mm. So do you remember the first record you made together? No. No. No
3: idea. I mean, it's it funny as well, because on top of Darren doing remixes for... Sorry, doing tracks with Express 2, he was doing... My productions and remixes as well, so you know, we, we were kind of in that period, wasn't there? It was quite a lot of stuff, wasn't there, Yeah, Coming I
4: think it must have been about 2002, yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of met you, and then um, re- just your, your, your own remixes, really, it? that's it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 I just missed that one,
3: <laughs> <laughs> damn, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: which was a brilliant record, wasn't it? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, it must have changed. Would you say that was the record that really changed changed things for you, actually?
3: Later, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was uh, a lot of hard work went into the you know the the, the record, and you know credit due to Pete Zedd, who was our keyboard player that worked on that particular tune. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was the record that definitely changed it. I think for us, where I kind of thought this is going to be a big club record. Um, but then in the back of my head, I, I kind of had this nagging feeling. I was thinking, at the time, you know, the way the charts were was kind of this could be an open goal here. And, uh, you know, it did. Went to number two. So fantastic.
0: Yeah, I yeah. suppose you don't want to allow yourself to think in those terms, though, because you just, you, you never know. Do you even no. when you, you know? No, you don't know.
3: But uh, it, was, it was a little bit of a surprise, you know. Mm. When we actually sat down with the. Uh, the Skint Records crew listening into the radio and the charts. You know, and we we thought it's going to be number one, but no, he got held off
0: the top by Gareth Gates, <laughs> Spirit in the Sky. For our, <laughs> for our our American friends, he's a uh, he was a, a protege of, of one of the was it Pop Idol? Or Pop was it? Idol, it was, yes,
2: I think. Yeah, so one like of the that, kind of yeah.
0: reality, one of the early. I think it was the first. You know, sorry about that, America. It was. I think we were. I think we came in first with that yes, and Simon yeah. Cowell and. Uh, Kind of ruined it for everyone else yes. all across all across the globe now. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. It spawned a lot of imitators, didn't it? Yes. But it was was it Gareth Gates and um, Will Young came out of the same show, didn't they? I think yeah. I think we'll Will know. Young sang that extraordinary version of Light My Fire. Yes. And it was one of those sort of water cooler moments when. You thought he's got to win, and uh, then Gareth Gates went on to have number one, didn't he? Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah.
0: But he kept in you off the, the top. Music. The the guy who came number two, Will Young, actually had a much more. Afterwards, he had a much kind of yeah. uh, stronger career. Yes, he, stronger thing. career. Yes. yes. As an artist. Extraordinary yeah. voice. Funnily enough, I played a party of the night of, of that they won because he was uh, at Exeter University, so I ended up playing a kind of like, a, a party when it was the finals night and everyone was celebrating well going to celebrate him winning How and fantastic. he was not very much like Lazy, he was, he was also <laughs> number two Wow! <laughs> so, so Darren were you a fan of house music before you started making it or as a kind of engineer and musician is it something that you kind of fell into? I fell into it, I fell into yeah. a lot of things really because um, my whole
4: background really was um, free improvisation in London um, hanging out with some uh, of older musicians that have been around for a while Some that, it kind of the free improvisation scene in London really spurned out of um, um, kind of mid-60s really um, oh I can't think of his name now. I've gone blank Rumped on breath well it was a lot of ones yeah but uh, yeah I come out of college I was really really into Sun Ryle and that sort of uh, fear end of uh jazz and get, getting a bit spacey and psychedelic, but when I I happened to meet Tim Goldsworth, we really got on, so Tim at the time was um, working on
3: MoWax I think MoWax, Mowax yeah. right, yeah. I was doing
4: yeah. quite well out of that, and Uncle, so mm-hmm. James Lavelle, but when I met him, he kind of took me under his wing and just started me feeding records Fe- feeding me records and, and I was so kind of into what he was giving me, so he kind of clocked that, I was coming from a Sun Ra angle and psychedelic but he was just feeding me all sorts of things and sonic youth and um, but the dance thing yeah it was kind of more more minimal technic, techno stuff which I really understood I kind of enjoyed that just how it was all stripped down so from a sort of busy uh, soundscapes of jazz uh, just going into um, just a monotonous beat I really liked that almost kind of meditative so uh terrible for storing names and dates and all that but i just stored events and sound in my head so when i would end up in sessions they would just sort of start flowing out of me at times and but with a bit of a funny angle on it Hmm. and which which producers like david holmes and tim and ashley I, i kind of liked because i wouldn't just come
0: in with the of uh, just generic house chords. I've been coming yeah. at it, a very sort of strange angle. That's the beauty yeah. of house and techno, isn't it, is that all of the influences come from outside. And that's yeah. possibly, a lot of people would argue, that's the problem with where we're at now, because there's a lot of people who view themselves as purists and pretty much all they listen to is other house and techno records. And it's probably quite difficult to come out with anything original if, if all you're listening to is within your genre because you know the beauty of those of house and techno is that uh, other than the kind of rhythmic constraints of it you can do whatever the hell you like right, yeah. around it can't yeah, absolutely. you absolutely yeah and um
4: i mean i was so um ignorant of it i hadn't even heard frankie knuckles you know or anything like that so that all came from uh, what ashley was playing me and i was quite blown away by the beauty of that uh, playing in a, in a minimal sort of environment, you know, and yeah. how how
0: wonderful that is. I kind of understood that a little bit. Mm. Mm. Got excited. <laughs> and Joe, so you connected with the, with these two gentlemen. Tell us, tell us that story.
1: Um, well, I'd known Ashley from when I was working at Universal. I started at Universal in 2002 um, as head of archive and Ash had a studio in Hammersmith and we bumped into each other because we were both on Trevor Nelson's Soul Nation. And I was talking about Northern Soul and uh, when I saw the episode with Ashley, he was talking about Northern Soul and I got most irate and started shouting at the telly and saying, you've got the whole of house music, I've only got Northern Soul, it's microscopic, go and talk about your own stuff. If I ever bump into you, I'll give you a piece of my mind. And three months later, I was DJing in Pisa and there was Express 2 waiting at Gatwick and I went striding towards Ashley and said, you're the... and he went, you're Joe Wallace. Is that your record box? And I just went, <laughs> <You old charmer. laughs> and, um, and that was it.
0: Were you dodging punches at the time? Yeah,
1: more or less. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, that's how we kind of... and we sat on the plane all the way to Pisa and uh, Ash was kind of interviewing me about my background And, uh, you know, there's a a lot of similarities between us on our, you know, we kind of run musically quite parallel Um, and all the acts that we'd seen. And we managed to cram this into a two and a half hour flight. And when I arrived at Pisa, my promoter had got snowbound and uh, Express 2 waited with me very gallantly until my promoter turned up. And uh, I thought that would be that. And I was on the Hammersmith and City line, which is an underground, a metro in London. And three months later, Diesel popped up from Express 2 and dragged me off to the studio, which was next door to Universal. And we started, Ashley and myself, started sending each other samples. Um, And I would burn stuff off onto CD and say, this would sound really great. Um, there is still an outstanding one from about 15 years ago, which is a Misha Parrish sample. Which I've not used yet. Ever. Yeah, so am to. Yeah, I'm going to hold that to But that was Thank the you. first sample that I ever sent him. And then um, we we met about four years ago. And, um, and we've kind of worked professionally together ever since. And that's how I got introduced to Darren. And uh, after a couple of tracks, we started doing mixes together and became known as the North Street remixes mm. and that's that's how it all started.
3: And Also as well you know I think it's very important because you know forget the fact that Joe's a female you know whatever a saw within Joe you know because I think it's very important because there's a lot of how can you say in the music industry it's very Male dominated, isn't he? Do yeah, there's a mean. lot of misogyny, I think, as I to yeah. say. <laughs> but I saw in Jo, she had a producer's head on straight away, you know, from talking to her and the way she talked about music. Mm. And, and our sister said, so you know, when, when we came up to the studio, I can't remember what are we the first thing we worked on?
1: Um, Ghetto Priest. Was, well, the first thing we ever did together was. Um, no, the first thing was. Uh, Ramrock All Ramrock All Stars. With Oxman. And that I wrote that along with Ox, yes. and it was Return of the Gentleman Rude Boy for Dean Chalkley and Harris Elliott's um, Rude, Boy Rude Boy exhibition, Rude Boy
3: exhibition yeah. at
1: Somerset House. And at the launch, we had um, Norman Jay, Don Letts, yourself, and, and me. And so people were working them down the line of DJ, saying, you know, Norman, love this new tune, he went, it's not mine. Don, love this new tune, not mine. Ashley love this new tune not mine and they got to me and they went it's not yours Uh, it is (laughs) oh okay thanks and just disappeared um so that was my introduction to the world of owning a record label i had to invent ramrock on the top of a bus in oxford street because i told dean chalkley that i actually had a record label and i didn't so i made that up. (laughs) Dean, sorry and that's that's how it all came about i was commissioned to do the a reggae track that sounded quite authentic yeah Um,
3: we had Joe in the studio though and I said to Joe didn't I there's the producer's chair sit in it this is is the producer's chair next door to Darren and Mm -hmm. I just sat
1: next to Darren and I said right okay this is what I want and and took it from there yeah and it turns out that you know I've been in sort of music arena since about 1973 when I started working record shops and I started DJing in 1976, and I've seen, been seeing soul Act since '74, so my whole background is geared towards um, black music. So I brought all of that experience into the studio, and I found out that you know Darren has so much talent and just understands my ramblings and can translate them into. I just go right, can I have a bit that goes and he just does it, and it's brilliant. And if I just say, Ronnie Foster, Love Satellite, CBS 1975, you will go, what, like this? Perfect! And that's it, and we work well, really quickly. That would have been a,
4: lucky, a guess for me. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> yeah. randomly picking chords out. That sound. But, you know, it's, it's almost like a game of Monopoly because I came in at the age of 55 um, into owning a record label. Mm. And then by the time I was 56... I'd had cancer and I used all the money for my critical illness insurance to put into the label. So it was really a silver lining to the cloud that enabled me to bring in artists like Ghetto Priest, Greg Blackman, Oxman, D.B. Cohen, you know, who else have we had? Well, Shay Face. Shay Face, we've had the New Zealand crew, Electric Wire Hustle, you know, it's been extraordinary and everyone's just risen to the occasion. We've had, um, you know, people like Chris uh, Frank from DeLatta who just turned up at the studio and we've been doing acoustic stuff with uh, Greg Blackman, which is extraordinary, that's coming out soon. But it all pulls together. And everything works, and um, and it's been really exciting. Yeah. You know, we've been very very lucky.
0: So so let me ask you, you two, Ashley and Darren, having I mean, guess I can imagine having someone with you in the studio who's very new because you know, Joe, your first production was with these guys. You know, did it bring a really different energy into what you? Because I think when you've been doing it for a long time, you can kind of get into a bit of a not exactly a rut, but you're kind of being quite. Workman-like, and you you don't get that big excitement where you're running around the room. And you know, did that did that happen for you guys? Yeah, I think I think
3: Darren would agree with me on this. I think it definitely did bring a new energy, you know, to what we were doing, didn't it? Yes. Yeah.
4: Yes. I mean, it's always been fast. Yeah. uh, Working with Ashley. Yeah. Um. And I think Joe helped to balance that out a bit. Yeah. Slow things down slightly. Slow things down a little bit because you know you can go too fast sometimes. Yeah. And we'd we'd.
2: We we're a knocking a, them
4: out yeah we'd have a mix um, the parts <laughs> would go in so fast that within an hour you've probably got most of it and then a couple of hours of mixing and yeah maybe a few uh versions and it was a little, almost too fast but what was great about that is that we well i certainly i'd learned about commitment very early early on so you don't spend too much time worrying yeah mm. you, know, you trust you trust that yeah, instinctive it sounds great Leave it alone, and, we, and I think that's how we learned to work so yeah. fast. <laughs> mm. But Joe definitely brought in other elements, and it helped slow things down a bit. Yeah. And um, it taught me in about a good way.
3: Taught me about putting back up a little, a little bit yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? Having Joe as there's a foil there, do you know what I mean? And we yeah. can talk to Joe, and I'll say, Joe, what do you reckon on this? And then Joe might say, oh, well, let's do this. Yeah. Or she might just say, look, we're going to do this. My strengths, <laughs> my strengths
1: are probably more arrangement. Yes. And chords. I'm very good at chords. And yeah, so to
4: Darren... You've got a good ear, you can hear yeah. things, and um, you can hear when things are a little bit off, and, and that helps me just stop a little, because quite often I was just... I was just uh, playing to uh, uh, catch up, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that didn't give me enough time sometimes to sort of sit, listen to what we've just done, yeah. and maybe think, you know. Because also being a musician, if we had a, if we had more of a moment, I could start start playing and maybe.
3: I think as well, well with the North Street stuff, stuff, for the for the amount of stuff that we do together, I think as well because there's like. A lot of different elements now coming into the north street stuff be it reggae be it jazz be it hip-hop be
1: the baleric stuff future units, unit lazy bones
3: kind of so it gives darren a real spread now and what he can do which i think is made darren
1: happier i think you know rather than because i'll just say to darren you know we've we've got this track um all, nearly all my tracks with the exception of maybe something like tom glides has got soul um tom glide is a international producer, DJ, composer, who also happens to live in Ramsgate, who did an extraordinary project called Divas Got Soul, um, where he had, I think it was uh, 10 different female vocalists. And it's not a compilation. These are all tracks that they co-wrote together. And he did all the mixes and everything else. And um, I heard some of his stuff asked to license it to Run Rock Blue, and I was then able to come to um, Darren and Ash and say, look, can we have more roads? Can we put this instrumentation in? Can we strip that away? And there's absolutely no problem I fitted in immediately. And, you know, Darren understands immediately. And if I just say, right, okay, have another eight bars of you just doing your thing, and that's it, that's the beauty of it. And it just we just go yes that's it brilliant don't change it and everything works and people when they give the dj feedback when i'm you know i send out on a a mailing list they'll say who's on keyboards who's who's doing it and it always goes in the press pack you know that darren is you know the sound of ramrock yeah that is really important that the north street remixes you know because i play flute very badly um, I think you, what do you play? Drum machine? Drum machine, very bad. Very, well, <laughs> not, not too badly. Bad, but, but we but all
4: play percussion. I've got yeah. a big box of percussion. Yeah. I'll get the microphone set up. It's like, right, come on, everyone. Let's yeah. get stuck in. If we're going to do claps, we will clap. we will clap. Yes. to yeah. find a sample. If we're going to do um, tambourine, then... then it's a the, proper tambourine. Me or yeah. Ashley will have a go and shakers and whatever we find. And uh, if it's a little out, then we'll... Try and get it in. I don't like stretching things, no, like time stretching None. things, so I'd rather sort of use a program like
0: Recycle where you slice things up, preserving their original sort of artifacts. And, um... But it's those imperfections, isn't it? That I mean, I think particularly in today's music, music market, I mean, one thing apart from that, that kind of live element and the, yeah. the, the, the sound of this studio is quite unique. Is that Joe? Your history, because you have a, a kind of a history with with Motown and that kind of the the Northern Soul thing, is across genres. What you're releasing on your label, group is is just great songs, above above and beyond anything else. Thank and you. There just seems to be such a lack of that. Was that something that, that was it one of the motivations when you wanted to start a label? When you, because it seems like for quite a long time there's been a real lack of, 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 of great songs, you know, certainly new ones coming through.
1: Well, I think, I mean, the way I kind of got involved with Universal was I was DJing at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern at a night uh, that was run by Juggy Jones, um, first of all called Shake a Tail Tailfeather, and then I was um, resident at Wigton Casino run by Duckies. and. Ian Snodgrass, who was the global product manager for Motown, came up to me and asked me to do a CD. Um, I didn't believe he was from Motown until he showed me his card. Um, Then I started the Soul Satisfaction series for Motown. And it was then when I started listening to the the master tapes that were sent over from the vaults for Motown. And I was able to listen to all the parts and I thought, wow, if I ever get to be able to have my own label. You know, I want people who can sing, I want people who can play instruments, I want all of this. And it must have, you know, I must have absorbed it, a bit of a soul sponge. And then I did uh, Motown Floor Shakers, which was another massive seller. And then I got Made Redundant. And I thought, well, what can I do? Okay, let's let's do this record label thing. And I was fait accompli when I was asked by um, Dean Chalkley. And, I, I suddenly realised that I did have this, this background and it's quality control, you you can't have any old rubbish, um, especially when you're working with you know Ashley Beadle and Darren Morris. And I simply applied what Barry Gordy used to say at his quality control meetings, would you spend a dollar on a sandwich or would you spend a dollar on this record? And that is how the tracks used to be picked for production. And after I'd done the Gentleman Ruboy Boy thing, uh, Adrian Sherwood, who also happens to live in Ramsgate, um, gave me some tracks and said, would you like to put these out? And he gave me 32 tracks to listen to, and I picked Jebeloy Nichols uh, to be rich as a crime and LSK want more. And then he played me some Ghetto Priest, who also lives in Ramsgate, and we've just put the album out, Every Man. So all the way down the, the sort of production line, I've had nothing but quality presented to me. And then when I go to find stuff that I want to, you know, maybe sign up, I'll go onto SoundCloud. There's no mystery in it. You know, I don't have a sort of Mason's handshake and a, and a big stone rolls back and I go into a huge cavern and there's all this stuff marked fantastic. Um, it's just listening to SoundCloud and approaching people and saying I really like what you're doing can I license the track would you like a North Street remix which is Ashley Beadle Darren Morris and myself and normally that's the worm on the hook that will get people on side and I've just been blessed with the with the quality of stuff that you know I've been presented with and that I've managed to track down.
0: But going out and finding it is the is perhaps the key yes. to what you're talking about because I think so many of us who work for record labels are kind of we're just dealing with what's in front of us because we're just being sent so much yeah. constantly. Yeah
1: that's been reactive, so, me is So proactive. for you to come
0: in with that attitude is probably one of the things that's defined you know defined your label because i think a lot of certainly in in the soulful world or in the house world everyone's kind of
1: fishing in the same small pond most of the time you know but i always try and find. i mean for instance we've got uh, future unit um, a guy called remy Vass and he's uh, from north london and he did this fantastic sort of baggy 90s um ian brown kind of thing and i heard this on soundcloud and then bill brewster flagged it up on Twitter I thought well if Bill's listening to it it must be really good Bill Brewster is the founder of it's D- DJ History isn't DJ Jimmy's? History yeah. so yeah. I thought well if Bill's you know, putting his weight behind this it must be brilliant so I pr- approached Remy and said look, um, love this track would you be okay with me licensing it and uh, I played it to all the you know, the, the North Street crew and um Darren immediately said this would sound great as a sort of jazz remix. So we took it away slightly from the Balearic and introduced more jazz into it. And it's just, it's that's taken off. Um, and then we've had the Greg Blackman and the Tom Glide. And Tom Glide uh, was working with a lady called Chiddy, And um, the track Old School Days got played three times in a row by Tony Blackburn, which is like, the icing on my cake. And for the, our American listeners, Tony Blackburn um, introduced Motown onto mainstream radio in 1966. So without Tony Blackburn I wouldn't be sitting there listening to Motown, so he's kind of quite important in my you know, role mm. models for DJs, considering that when I started in 76 there weren't that many female DJs, so Tony was my role model. Mm. And to have him play one of the tracks that we're putting out on vinyl was the circle you know gone Mm. full circle and how long have your labels been running
0: for now two years years. incredible trajectory in such a short space of time
1: isn't it yeah i mean it's it's just it's just lovely that everyone's picked up on it and they've got it they understand that you know there's a certain sound to any of the ramrock labels and that anything that i you know that i've had my hands-on and we've done a North Street remix with you know it's it's done with love and it's done with passion and it's mm-hmm. and that reflects you know on people's reaction which mm-hmm. is great you know I bump into people at gigs and we, we we were blessed enough to have Tom Glide and three of the Divas Got Soul and Greg Blackman on at Margate Soul Festival which is run by my soul and Gordon Mack who founded Kiss? Yeah, he founded Kiss he founded in, Kiss in yeah. the 90s. Mm. He founded My Soul. And so that is a kind of, you know, direct lineage back to the early days of dance to have Gordon Mack have these acts on at Margate Soul Festival and to give us the opportunity to present the label and acts was huge. Mm. And then Charles um, Peterson allowed us to go on worldwide fm FM, for two hours and do a chronological um history of rap rock rock. yeah Mm. i mean that's extraordinary i've never known that to happen
0: which was a wonderful thing it's and then there's an archive available on the worldwide fm website i would imagine you just search for you know, if you if you head over to Worldwide FM um, the website, I would imagine you'd better you find it. The Ram find... Rock show, yeah. Yes, yeah. the
1: Ramrock Rock show. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's
0: well worth tuning into that. It was yes. a really really interesting show. And again, you kind of went through the history um, of the label and uh, uh, the labels. Sorry. So what I find interesting is one of the things that you three have in common is is the reggae thing. Um, you know, a lot of the artists you've just been talking about. An expert, um, this
1: one. A reggae, reggae <laughs> expert, my Dan Morris is, you know, yeah. <laughs> Renowned reggae expert. Doctor
2: Ray. <laughs> um, melodica player.
1: It's got an H and H echo chamber. Not not everybody's got one of those at their disposal. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I have to explain that um, um, I'm not a reggae expert <laughs> um, but um it was something that I that I happened to uh, be
2: <laughs> I put <laughs> Darren on me. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: a kid
1: What happened was, is, uh, I'm working with an artist called uh, DB Cohen who comes from a blues background and he needed two MCs, so I introduced him to Oxman and Mark Professor from the Wreck It Up crew. And uh, Dan's producer is Snowboy, the highly acclaimed. Percussionist and producer. So uh, Snowboy was looking for a studio that could help kind of mix down Yeah,
4: bring it all together. Bring it all they, together. They'd already recorded mm. all the parts, but I think they wanted a really nice mix and some somehow
1: Joe <laughs> persuaded them <laughs> that Darren was a reggae expert. What I meant by reggae expert was that he had um a, a big understanding of a
3: beautiful feel
1: beautiful feel and and um a respect for what had yeah. gone before and that's from very
4: true and i've worked with ashley before on reggae mixes so that, quite a lot yeah. we actually had the pleasure of um reworking a couple of bob marley, bob marley tracks, tracks yeah which lovely. we were sent the parts to which was absolutely wonderful wow. to hear those in, in isolation and that's with dave hill wasn't it yeah
3: and we, did, and we did and we did, get, and we did first get up stand up didn't we for Ireland do you remember oh yeah, yeah which you fused with with uh, Welcome to Jamrock so yeah. stand up stand up. and it came out on
1: Tough Gong and went yeah. to
3: number one in Jamaica there you well, go sort of father yeah. and son kind of thing going yeah. on yeah, yeah. Real yeah. Farther, because it's virtually in the same key yeah a fraction out but the,
4: the you know, real instruments and how minimal it is quite a lot at yeah. the time, um, I really understood that and really enjoyed mixing that sort of thing.
0: And I think that's probably why you recommended me, Joe. Yes. That. There's but, an uh, interesting question about the kind of, um, the because I see a very direct link from especially the sort of dub end of reggae into what we see as dance music and I guess yes. the trajectory in America was much more, it kind of went from disco to house, but here, it, the sound system culture kind of, it was very much reggae sound system culture in London, and then suddenly house kind of arrived on the scene and, and fell in, in, it, often into the same sound systems, didn't it? Yeah, well. And your history is, is, is in that world, isn't
3: well, it? Well, you know, uh, I, I would say shock sound system, which was the sound system I was involved with, um, back in the, uh, I think it was the mid eighties onwards, up to the early 90s, maybe a little bit before that, um, was what probably one of the first sounds to play house music at Notting Hill Carnival, um, which is you know the biggest carnival in the UK. And you
1: ran that with uh, Cecil Peters. Cecil
3: Peters, Stanley Zephyrin, Dean Zephyrin. Ricardo, Ricard, Ricardo De Force, um, who sadly passed, and Paul Denton. You know, and that was, uh, but the Zephyrin brothers were the kind of head crew, if you like, a shock sound system that were, it was extraordinary. Absolutely wow. extraordinary, we came out of reggae, soul, hip-hop, mm. and, uh, into playing house music, you know, and the first house records I ever heard, like, you know, going way back, and, uh, was it, no way back, sorry, you know, I thought were reggae records, actually, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> minimal yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. drum machines and bass lines going off, it's and a it's similar like, sort of production yeah, aesthetic, yeah. I guess,
0: isn't there, and the use of effects,
3: and yeah. that kind of thing, it's incredible, well, it
0: yeah, comes. I guess a, a limitation technology, you know,
3: yeah.
4: you know which is, Kind of what this studio is about. Really. I, yeah. I don't go flying off trying to buy lots of
3: expensive We're really equipment. happy with the equipment yeah. in here, and Darren's got some amazing plugins. Um, what's that thing well, The we, Apollo.
4: We, I've been using the Apollo Twin, which is wonderful. So it's Universal Audio, a mm. um, brilliant company. Um, the guy who founded that originally, I think, built all the compressors in the 50s. Um, and then his the son took over. Within the last ten years, and digitised, help uh, create this kind of digitised version of all, all these wonderful analog plugins. But they they really do sound great, and um, so we're pretty digital here, you know. Yeah. Um, and anything analog we throw in, um, got a couple of Nord Swedish uh, keyboards that, that you just throw through lots of guitar pedals, and if yeah. you want it to sound a bit bitey or sometimes just put it through an amp and a. And a mic and that sort of thing, but we're quite happy um, working on quite an old school approach. Yeah, film.
0: yeah, absolutely. Mm. The sort of uh, oh, can you can you hear the bells? Can you
1: hear the bells? Oh, <laughs> quite possibly.
0: Is <laughs> well, so does that, does that mean it's dinner time? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Almost, it's, it probably means that the nuns are going to dinner or no, something. We're fine with the.
0: You fine, with, You're fine bells. with the window? I'm okay. Sure, I'm sure we'll, which uh, yeah. is,
1: which is actually a very tenuous link on my very first production with Ghetto Priest on Life Ain't Easy. Um, I said, oh, I'd like Russian Orthodox bells, please. And and Darren and, and Ash went, no, you don't have bells in reggae. I went, I want bells in reggae. And I did. And they worked, don't they? They worked beautifully. Yeah. Yes.
0: The the reggae purists, it's quite an interesting thing, isn't it? There's a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion in, in what instrumentation can and cannot Can't be in reggae. reggae. I remember this, but I used to hang out with quite a lot of reggae producers, and there's there's quite often very, you know, I can't remember who it was, it was a British reggae producer who, who used strings on a, on a reggae record. Well, it's John...
3: D- caused a,
0: caused a, almost a riot.
3: Yeah, <laughs> the massive, all the massive John Holt records had strings on, and, mm. uh, and things like uh, Bob Andy and Marcia Griffiths, wasn't it? had mm. strings on, and, um, you know, I thought they were great records, because you grew up with those in, in your social club, didn't you, when you was mm. little...
1: In your little youth, youth, club. youth clubs, yeah, yeah. yeah it it was it wasn't it? And yeah. every every house had a thousand volts of holes. Yes, which was very beautifully produced. And you know there was the there was the reggae um, version, and then it was brought out in the UK with slightly different production on the strings on. And the, yeah, mm. so that's that's what everybody, all the Afro Caribbean households in the UK had. Um, a radiogram and John Holt. And John Holt. And that's yeah. what you listen to on a Sunday morning, along with your country and western and Nat King Cole. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fantastic. Mm. So, Joe, your history with house music was there? Was there a particular? Have you always liked it? Have you always had an affection for it? Was there Lucky. a particular moment where you kind of?
1: Um. Well.
0: <laughs> your awakening as it were.
1: Well, I I ran. Gay nights for probably nearly 20 years, and I had I was resident at the ship in Chatham with Joe and her immaculate contraption because it was a, ma- a miracle that we ever got to the end of an evening. And the decks that I used to work on were what were known as a coffin, which had two old Garrod decks in, and. Um, a piece of kit in the middle with an up and down slide on it and there was no crossfader there was none of that and it was covered in tweed which was <laughs> <laughs> <How> very British <laughs> how, very, how very lovely and so I used to do this and then um, I was working in record shops I was working in Reds um, around about the time, it was sort of 86, 87, around about the time of Rare Groove. So I, I DJed at the Blue Note, I was into all the Rare Groove stuff, getting all the stuff off Trevor Nelson, Daddy Bug off the vans, and um, your man at Solar Radio, um, Tony, Monson. Tony Monson. So we used to get all the deleted Very stuff. Guy. Very yeah. important guy. And um, you noticed that dance music had kind of gone... I'd been DJing at a club called The Avenue um, in the Medway Towns um, and you noticed that, that soul music had gone from sort of Luther, Van Dross and Alexandra O'Neill and it started getting more electronic which wasn't really my cup of tea because I liked soul and then towards the end of the 80s and the early 90s I was, I was running the, the Gay Nights And this guy called Frankie Knuckles popped up with a diva. And I thought, at last we have a saviour, you know. And it kind of, I went down that route. I I tried to find everything that people like Masters at Work um, started getting flagged up. And, um, you know, rest in peace, Gary Turner at Loco Records in Chatham. I used to walk into the record shop and Gary would say, I've got something for you. It's called Blacker. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I who's it by Gary? Oh I dunno, hang on. Look. Oh some bloke called Ashley Beadle. Well, it was the Ballistic Brothers. It was the Ballistic Brothers. <laughs> and your email was actually on the on the record cover. What, what was email you know we had no computers at work Ugh. and i thought how am i going to get in touch with this guy i have to write to him to tell him this is the best thing i've ever no, heard a fax
0: number
2: No,
1: there, there was a possibly a fax
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> so um gary turner and myself used to have these very sort of in-depth conversations about the best house music and this this person you know A the Ballistic Brothers and Black Science Orchestra and Ashley Beadle kept cropping up in conversation and I said to Gary about three months ago I'd love to introduce you to Ashley um you know you two will just sit there for months talking about piano chords and things and 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 Gary passed very uh very sadly um about a month and a half ago and he never got to meet Ash so, which was a real, real shame. But you know, I pull records out now. All these tracks that Gary Turner introduced me to, and they still have the Loco record shop price sticker on them. So all praises you to Gary for getting me on the right path with house music. Mm. So it was really the Frankie Knuckles productions and, and taking it from there.
3: Yeah, very yeah. important, our Frankie. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we were discussing
0: this last night—the kind of uh, yeah. the effect um, on uh, on all of us, actually. Yeah. Really. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, I took to my bed for two days. I was so upset <laughs> when I was told. I said I was working as a work skills coach, and uh, somebody came up to me and said, "Oh, uh, that bloke, you really like him, Frankie Knuckles." I went, "What is he coming to Ramsgate?" No, he's just died. And I went, "Right, I'm off sick. Bye." And I, was, mm. I had to go home and tell Ashley that Frankie Knuckles had mm. died. And we both sat in, in, the, in, in the flat listening to Frankie Knuckles on YouTube crying. Yeah. And it was our lovely graphics designer who uh, designs everything for Ramrod, Richard Epps. And he was so upset that we were upset that he did us a one-off print of Frankie and it sits above our Technics twelve ten in the record room. That's the kind of effect that,
0: that he had, wasn't yes. It? And you had the chance to to meet him, didn't you, Ash?
1: Yes,
3: yes. Because uh, Frankie broke um, Black Science Orchestra. Where were you in the US? Mm. Um, it was really weird because it was it was came out on Junior Boys Own in the UK, and it wasn't really doing a lot in the UK, you know. And then Frankie signed and got hold of this record, and. Just started playing it constantly. I think it was at Cheetah. Yeah, you Cheetah. went
1: into Cheetahs, didn't you, yeah, in New Cheetahs York?
3: in New York, which uh, Barbara Tucker. Tucker was running the night there. Mm. I can't remember the name. What
1: was the name of the night now? I can't remember now. I can't remember, but she yeah. was running Cheetahs, and you, be- you bumped into Benji Candelario. And he introduced me to Frankie
3: Knuckles. Mm. You know, and I was like...
1: <laughs> total fanboy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I
3: said to Frankie Knuckles, look, thank you so much for... Uh, playing my record
2: and he went no man thank you so much
0: for making it this is the thing when you don't know you just don't know do you I remember talking to uh, a lot of the old school hip hop guys in New York and they were when people were coming back from the UK saying they were blowing up in in London they had no idea like they were still living in Harlem and playing block parties and you know they were just you know all friends they just all knew each other it wasn't until they went to London and saw the reaction and I guess you were one of the first British producers to kind of make the leap back over the Atlantic in house music. yeah
3: yeah I mean I've been in I've been in New York before in the 80s mm. you know hanging out and stuff so it was kind of I didn't go to too many clubs then you know I think I went to Mars and you went to a couple of the balls didn't balls, you yeah the, the balls you know with the winning injuries crowd and mm. all that kind of thing was going on but um, you know in terms of me as a producer going out there, it was a real, just beautiful, real eye-opener, you know, meeting up with people like Masters at Work and Benji Cantillari at the time and, you know, Frankie Knuckles and all these other people that were hanging out, just playing these small clubs and that and hearing your records get played. I mean, I remember, um, I think, I can't remember if it was New Jersey Deep by the Black Science Orchestra or whatever. you I think it might be New Jersey Deep being played at Barbara Tucker's club you know with Louis Vega mm. Mm. was dropping it and, uh, and he had um, one one half of CNC Music Factory the key, keyboard player who um, oh. um, what's his name now God oh, not Robert it is the other one i don't, I'm yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, well, do, we'll, Google we'll Google it and we'll Google, have it we'll Google, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah he was uh, playing keyboards over the top of it you know just jamming and it was just amazing to see you know, it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, that's magic. Yeah, just seeing you know, just seeing all that going on and uh, golden days, mm. beautiful days. So, bringing it to,
0: to the present day, someone that we um, we, uh, at five, I think I speak for everyone at Five Magazine when when I say that the the Waterston record on your label, yes, on Back to the World. Um,
3: David
0: Cole. David Cole. That's it. David Cole. There yeah. we go. So this is the I other. Have... This is the half of. of it's it's so, yeah. Yes. There you go. Some quick fact checking, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Once an archivist, always yeah, an archivist.
0: <laughs> so the Waterson record, funnily enough, I, I suppose every every now and again something come something appears in house music that just feels like it touches the roots. Like it feels, mm. and it's, it's almost hard to quantify what it is. But but, um, Joe, you discovered well. You knew this man for some time before he was even really an artist, is that well, right? It, to well, say?
1: he'd been an artist for about. Well, Waterson's background is that he was um, a world class dancer with Matthew Vaughan's ballet company, and wow. he'd travelled the world and he'd done a lot of performance as an artist under his own steam, mm-hmm. and he'd already written a lot of tracks that he'd had. Um, a fair amount of success with and I was <laughs> I was put on a training course I was unemployed and I was put on a government training course called New Deal for Musicians and I went along to the job centre and I said look I'm I'm an unemployed DJ and they went no you're not I went I am, and if you don't put me on this course, I'm going to whistle-blow. Thank you! (laughs) So they put me on the course, and on the first day that I went on the training course, Watterson was my mentor. Wow. And we sat down, and I said to Watterson, I have a feeling we're going to be very good friends forever. And within 20 minutes, he'd arranged an interview for me to become a work skills coach to help other unemployed musicians So the next time I went back to the venue, all the people that had been on the course with me were my clients. So Watterson and myself worked together for four years, along with Chris Frank from the latter, the Brazilian group. Right. So when I, you know, because we all sort of said, oh, what do you do? I DJ, I play guitar. I said to Watterson, what do you do? And he played me the demo of Tell Me. Mm. And I said if I ever have a record label I'm going to sign that And if I haven't got a record label I'm going to invent one And that was it And that's how we came to have Waterson on Ashley's label Back to the World And that was the beginning Of a beautiful relationship mm.
0: And that the vocal on that record Is just its something that it, like I say, it's the thing about house music, especially the vocal side of it, that, that I remember always touched me from the very beginning, but it's just certain records, and they come around very rarely, that just give you that that feeling.
3: Yeah, a, really it, was, it was lovely, actually, because um, there was a few different elements came into play. My manager, Adam Dewhurst, he signed up and to his management, you know, to look after right. him.
1: Um, but we, we should say that before that, Ooh, my yeah. friend Ross Allen and Ross your Alan, friend, yeah, I introduced Watterson to um, Ross, who was, at the time was managing London Grammar.
3: London Grammar and stuff,
1: yeah. And um, it turned out that Ross had so much commitment with London Grammar that he very graciously said, you know, I think what'll be better is that if someone else took over the management. Yes. So there was never any sort of bad blood and it was all done amicably.
2: Mm.
1: And also what came with the Waterson package was the fact that Watterson was very good friends with KDA, KDA. Yeah. Which was extraordinary and, and you'd I'd I'd found um, Alexandra Lafar yes. on SoundCloud and we'd spoken to him and he came and did a remix Severino and Nico from Horsemeat Disco did a Severino and Nico mix yeah and so it worked and then yeah. you know yeah
3: there's all things going off and then because mm. I've
4: worked with Sev as well because I've been working with Horsemeat Disco mm. for a couple yeah. of years going around James's house um, with them and putting tracks together yeah so it's just funny and seeing Sev come come in on this and we're working
3: on that yeah, so and then yeah. me and Darren are you know we're producing uh, some of the Waterstone tracks on the on the album that's going to come out you know we produced a few of the tracks on that and uh, yes yeah, you know but the, yeah the KDA mix blew up mm. which is beautiful
1: you know fantastic mix and then we I just started a Twitter account for back to the world and I had no idea how Twitter worked and I posted up the SoundCloud link and straight away, Kenny Dope came onto Twitter and went, this is Dope, 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 and put loads of little flame signs after it. I thought, oh, that's, that must mean in Twitter speak that it's really good. <laughs> and then he, he messaged me privately and said, I'd love to do a remix of this. And I said, well, we're actually running this off our kitchen table with about 50 cents in our pocket. And that was it. And he said, look, man, I just love this track so much but he remixed it and he played the remix 12 weeks, weeks. in a row on his wow. Rinse FM show yeah. wow I mean, that, I don't think that record will ever be broken.
0: Mm. No. Well, fun fact about Kenny Dope in the UK, he is actually known as Kenny Really Good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he is really fabulous. Kenny Really Fabulous. And, uh, uh, and you told
0: me, I, I believe, I may have just made this up, but when you were talking, when you first heard this, this demo from Watterson, did you or did you not both write down the yes. name of who you... Wanted yes. to remix it in a dream,
1: yes. dream world. In our fantasy, it's like you have fantasy football teams. Ours was our fantasy producer. And who, who did
0: you write down? I
1: wrote down on my piece of paper. I wrote down Ashley Beagle. Calvin Harris. Didn't I you? did. I wrote. <laughs> um, no, I wrote Ashley Beadle and Masters at Work. I folded the piece of paper in half slid it across the table and then took Walterson's piece of paper and we went ready steady go open the pieces of paper and he I went what have you got and he went masters at work and Ashley Beadle and I showed him his piece of paper and we went snap so I picked my phone up and said oh I'll just ring Ashley and he went don't be ridiculous you don't know Ashley Beadle and I, I'd already rung the number you said, yeah, I
0: shouted at him in yes, once, yeah. yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I accosted him a fisticuffs and uh, so anyway uh, I got Ashley on the phone and, and Waterson snatched the phone off me and then promptly dropped it and I said oh sorry about that um, Ash can I send a, a mix over to you for you to listen to so I sent over the file and uh, within five minutes she'd got back and said I'd love to do a remix on this so that wasn't even you know, something that we'd imagined would happen and I introduced Walterson to you. yes. And that was very emotional and lovely. And you were both mutually well, um, he's a very good friend of mine now. And, uh, professionally attracted to yeah. each other immediately. Yeah. And Walterson has got such strong um, ideas about production and is already very accomplished as a musician and as an arranger that he makes life very, very easy, really easy yes. for everybody who's involved in any of his tracks. You know, mm-hmm. and the subject matter is always very powerful. Extremely. And the delivery is, is exquisite. I mean, there isn't anybody around like Waterson. And, and that is why, you know, when I introduced him to Ashley, I just said, look, this is like finding a diamond. This is, you know, you don't get many of these mm-hmm. to the pound. And, um, so it's it's been a pleasure working with him, yeah. and the album has nearly album, finished. Yeah, the
3: album's nearly finished now. You know, so uh, I think I think the title at the moment is "Paris Is Still Burning." I yes, think it's called, which is in reference to "Paris Is Burning," the Vodkin film. Mm. Yeah, that Willy Ninja was in wow there's all
1: these little strands so all of these
0: strands let's let's take it because we like to talk about life here on on station h H, not just music so it sounds like there's too many things here to be coincidence you know i'm not sure whether you call it cosmic ordering or, or what you call it but perhaps We were having an interesting discussion yesterday about bumblebees um, about how one of the reasons that they hum is because that creates a positive charge and the flower holds a negative charge and if the bee is actually humming at the correct frequency the pollen actually jumps from the flower onto the bee, which is insane. Yes. Did that you know this? Great. It's the no. resonance.
1: Yeah. Yes. So yes, there's. The
0: would you say there's some something happening each in terms of people vibrating on the same frequency? Because everything we've been talking about, it feels like you're kind of running into the same people over and over again. So either, either there's about ten people in the music industry, or <laughs> yes. there's something else at work here. No, absolutely. What are your I think on that?
3: I think uh, you know. I think you generally. I feel you know. You generally got to like each other anyway. That's a real good one. To, to, to start off with you know but I think uh,
1: there's definitely something in the air that seems to be pulling us all together mm. you know and we and after we released tell me we put out a track um, by Igor Yadranin from Serbia and I found Igor on, um, <laughs> on Soundcloud and I remember sitting up in bed at three o'clock in the morning, waking Ash up and saying, "Listen to this. <laughs> this is brilliant." <laughs> and he went, "I'm asleep." No, you're not. So I played him this this extraordinary track called Boulevard, and then I played him um, the track called um, Middle Proves. Middle Proves, yes. And I went, "Right, do you remember that track that was by um, who was it by um, Mad, Mad Max? Mad Max?" What was it called? Oh,
3: not Mad Max.
1: Oh, it was something... Mad. Oh, it's called Panther Party. Panther Party. And I said, I want it to sound... Mad Moses. Mad Moses, Panther Party. I said, that is my yardstick. I want it to sound like that. I'll rearrange it. I'll bring all the vocals forward and and Darren will do this and we'll chop it all up and da-da-da-da-da. And it just... It was beautiful, wasn't it? It was like the best garage that you could imagine it was chopped up kind of garage broken, broken beats new jazz Yeah. yeah. and um, and we, we brought out an EP the Boulevard EP and as a result we went over to visit Igor and he's working on some new stuff as well which is fabulous but again who would have thought that I'd find somebody on SoundCloud like I did with Greg Blackman and they become personal friends Mm. it's a very strange thing that everybody that we find I, f- I listen to a guy called Cryptogram who at the time was 19 years old who's this extraordinary producer also called Igor from Serbia who now lives in Chicago um, and he's just passed all his exams in the States for sound production and he's, I said I'd love you to work on Waterson, and he's done some amazing productions yeah, production, yeah. You know, so if we ever go to Chicago we're gonna hook up with him mm. but this is all through soundcloud this is all free mm. this is all but i literally just pick people at random and then we end up being friends with them yeah
0: but again it's it's the vibration thing isn't it i mean i think yeah. very often you know a lot about if you're speaking that language you know if it's music if something i guess whatever it is if you're very into something you can tell a lot about another human being from from listening to their work or you know what are your thoughts about Darren? <laughs> <laughs> well i think everything is uh uh
4: everything is a sine wave isn't it whether you're whole life looking at your whole life you're born and and as the wave develops and you come back round again to zero don't you um the universe breathes does not it um, mm. and, and vibrations as they as you speed them up, they become sound and audible to our ears. Mm. I mean our ears only can hear, hear so much, right? So we've got a small spectrum in there. And I don't know waves. It's everywhere. Everything is about vibration and waves. Mm. I like the, the, what you said about bees. I think I read somewhere that the way um, tiny insects can dart around so quickly is not so much. Um, about aerodynamics, but the frequency that they're beating their wings at um, in, in relationship to their body weight somehow makes them almost like weightless, so they can dart around up and down and sideways in a really kind of cool way. So I guess what we should do is try and build some sort of car that can um, oscillate at a certain frequency and then we can just dart around. <laughs> Maybe even live in the dart of a tunnel and see if we can I don't stop
0: traffic with our hunt. Is it on, uh, is it on e- Elon Musk, is it, the uh, the head of Tesla? We need yes. to get this podcast over, here, well, over to him, don't we? That's mm. extraordinary. Get in touch with us, well, Elon. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. where where did,
4: we'll build an oscillator in your um, Well, where
1: did, yeah. where, where did, did Nicholas flow. Tesla come from? Is he's? He came from Belgrade in Serbia, oh, did, which yeah. is where Igor Yadranin lives. And very near to the Nicholas Tesla Museum. This is getting spookier, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is a little bit. The, Ser- the Serbian connection. I'm,
2: I'm looking But Nikola Tesla,
1: you know, th- his picture is on the uh, the tail fin of Serbian Airlines. I mean, what a great thing to put on the end of a mm. of a plane.
0: Well, his technology was superior by by most. He was, my, he was I, a, a futurist. Well, yeah. it was by
1: light years yes. compared mm. to everyone else. Wasn't it Franklin who? Who had kind of patented these huge electronic substations, and Tesla came over and just introduced a whole different um, sort of energy source. Is and the Edison, way- Edison. 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 Edison yeah, that was it. Yeah, Edison. Yes. Yeah. Was, yeah. was it A Wasn't it? No. No.
4: In fact, Tesla did invent ACDC, dc Yes. You did it. Well, I'm thinking about it in a certain way. By,
1: by humming. Yeah. And yeah. then you brought the band together. They
4: materialised on stage. <laughs> they did. In shorts. But only in the future.
0: Unfortunately, it was dead by then. Yeah. Absolutely. So he just we thought the experiment had failed. But little <laughs> did he know that time is not linear. Yeah, he happened to be standing near a wormhole at the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm. I'm really
0: enjoying how far this has gone off the rails. <laughs> That's that <was> great. <laughs> I've completely forgotten what my next question was, um. <laughs> was about other animals.
1: Well, d- the brilliant thing is Darren's dog is called Hazel, beautiful dog, and she sleeps all the way through all the ste- all the sessions. But bang on five o'clock, just as we're putting the last note on the remix, Hazel will walk in and stand there and just sort of point at the door and yeah. say it's time for a walk. Ooh. Yeah, she knows exactly. Yeah. Great when timing. when it's amazing timing. Well, they
0: can sense the energy, can't they? So there's probably a really strong energy around the point where you're kind of like, yeah, we' you know, we're done now. She's also mm. got a kind of clockwork thing in her head where she can really uh, feel time. Um, mm.
4: So when it gets to that time, she's probably close. Yeah, damn close. Each time. It's squirrel it gets time. It five o'clock. She's really like, <laughs> <back. laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So that let, let me ask you a question. Darren, as, as an engineer, as someone who kind of works a lot on other people's music, do you have very different, when you come to sit down to make music on your own,
2: yeah.
0: do you have a kind of different approach? Does it take you longer? Do you find, as you were saying before, kind of making those quick decisions, yeah. when you're on your own, do you end up kind of going a bit more left a bit right a bit? Well, it's funny, you know,
4: when you, you get so used to, to working as a collaborator, like I have for a good 20 years now, I've just been a collaborator. Um, if I do get the chance to sit down on my own, um, I'll go back to improvising until I find something beautiful that I like, and then I'll start just recording it in, um, and then build stuff around it. But, <laughs> I mean, the only thing I've got um, that I really, really uh, attributed as uh, my own work was was an organ album. Um, I happened to be in the Union Chapel, which is a beautiful um, building in Angel, Islington, London. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a big, um, it's like a Victorian chapel. Yeah, an amazing organ, handmade organ in there. And um, I went in there, and um, I was I was there because I was I was playing that evening for a band. <clears throat> but uh, the people at the Union Chapel, they want you to get there early, and they want to show you. How to turn switch this organ thing on and um, um, show you you know so you don't bust it because mm. it's worth a lot <laughs> it's mm. worth a lot of money so I go in there at eleven o'clock they show me how to use it and then um, um, before you know it the ladies left left me with this organ and I happen to have a handheld recorder like 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 what you've got now for mm. recording us so I switched that on and I improvised for two hours. And I thought this is great, I took it home and uh, built a whole record out of those improvisations um, which I called Union One. Um, so yeah, left to my own devices, it will mainly stem from improvising, um, but that's up now, on, I'll put it up on Spotify. Because although we've got this studio, North Street Studio One, I thought I'd just turn it into a small little label just to put my own stuff out really mm-hmm. and anything weird and bizarre So. hope. Well, that's a sort of psychedelic soundscape organ album. So is that under your name? About. Yeah, just under my name. So that would be an example Darren, of, Darren Morris, yeah. Union One. <laughs> well, that's, that's left to my own devices. Mm. Um, but it's quite cinematic. It's a bit of a... It sounds a bit filming
1: and you've basically. also been working uh you worked on the great white silence didn't you yeah i yeah, got the chance
0: to see that and it was uh i believe that's now available on vimeo but it was yeah it's, you know. it's out there it's a it's a band
4: called non-blank i'll say a band it's uh, four of us um we all play different kinds of instruments a lot of bowed instruments and you know real and is there <laughs> real also
0: instruments? A, there's also
4: a member of, of future sound of london
0: you know, in there yeah riz, right. riz maslin mm.
4: who used to be in that um got ollie sharer who used to be in a band called cooler in the 90s who's worked mostly under his own name <clears throat> oliver sharer um caravan records all kinds of things but um with him and jack Hayter, who's a great steel guitar player um who puts his sort of stuff through delay pedals and that kind of thing We found that we really like improvising together and creating uh, sort of soundscapes. So we've done a number of gigs um, playing live soundtracks to um, silent movies. One of which was The Great White Silence, which is a very tragic Um, story—an expedition to the first expedition to Antarctica, isn't it? Yes, that's right. And. and sadly, they don't survive. But, it, but, the, but the, the footage is, is the first footage you'll ever see of that. You know, it's, it's quite well documented. And um, so we were improvising to that. And It's, uh, it's, uh, it's got great mom- moments to that mm. film. There's <laughs> lots of penguins. <laughs> mm. But, you know, you've got to remember these guys have never seen penguins before. Never. So mm. um, it's quite an interesting film to do improvising to. So you can be quite playful with it and we've done The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and other films like this
0: and these are available to view
4: I think they're up on Vimeo if you look yeah. for non-blank I think probably on Facebook there, there'll be some links there mm. but that's an example of,
1: and uh, you also had I'd Rhododendron
4: didn't you yeah Rhododendron is another band <laughs> in fact with my neighbour so we're talking about synchronicity mm. and, uh, the day I arrived at this house that we're sitting in now I went and borrowed a a ladder from next door. <laughs> and, uh, and it was Ollie, Ollie Shera, and I got talking to him. We seem to know everybody back in London the same kind of faces and names. And uh, so before you know it, we're collaborating within a few weeks and creating music together. And I think that really made me feel good about North Street. There's a street that there's a couple of other people down the road, the Vile Electrodes, which were a brilliant, um, all analog keyboard band. Um, Proper, proper electronica. They, they're brilliant, and uh, so there's a there's a real vibe down this street, you know. Mm. And there's an un- underground stream I think that goes through everyone's back garden. So, I think water and energy and all that. If
2: you want and to we're go back next to the sea.
4: Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I think the whole exodus from London of of uh, people not you know under this kind of dreadful economic climate and austerity people are are moving out of london in their
0: hordes and going to seaside towns also Uh, people under under kind of a spell i think that we kind of covered this with with richard in the last podcast about removing yourself to somewhere quiet makes a huge amount of sense as an artist yeah um yes and and perhaps being less influenced Mm. by the pressures and and the kind of social hypnosis which seems totally. to be kind of occurring in big cities at the moment it's also like if you imagine a, um, a ball of mercury
4: um, liquid mercury you know and you give it a bit of a nudge which is kind of what happened in london um, all these little globules of mercury are spreading out but are finding other <laughs> globules of mercury <laughs> and so this is what's happened in ramsgate and here in st Leonard's on sea um, happened in Brighton in the 80s, didn't? Mm. It? Um, but it seems that it's happening more. You know,
1: Margate's very up and coming. A yeah. lot of producers have moved down there, and people find each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's 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 absolutely brilliant. I mean, Extraordinary, actually. when when I moved back down to Ramsgate because my parents had lived in Thanet in the 70s, and um, have you got a list? What was that? Thanet. Thanet. It's Thanet. Near Thanet. Yeah, it's Meister English, isn't it? Planet Fanny. Planet Fanny, and uh, <laughs> so we had. Uh... We had Adrian Sherwood, who you'd known, Ashley had known in Muswell Hill. And this is a sort of legendary UK reggae he's producer. He's the Bishop yes. of Dub yeah. with On New Sound. Mm. Yes, yes.
3: Legendary uh, producer, I
0: should say.
1: Yeah, well, that. he's worked with everybody. Yeah. I mean, he's extraordinary. He literally lives ten minutes walk away. Then we've got Congo Natty
2: yeah.
1: um, from the sort of jungle, stroke, drum and bass scene. Uh, we've got Taz, who co-wrote um, "Dizzy Rascals" on "A oh, Rascal." Rascal. And he had this... He was the youngest guy to be signed to Def Jam in the UK. Mm. And he had the um, album Analyze This with Terry Walker. Yeah. Um, then we've got Ghetto Priest, frontman for Asian Dub Foundation. Yes. Then we've got Skip McDonald. Then we've got Adamski. Yes. Then we've got... Who else have we got? I mean, it just... The list goes on and on. Yeah. Oh, mm. Duncan McKay. Duncan McKay, who the... did... Uh, trumpet for Primal Scream. Yeah, yeah. Who appears on Get uh, on uh, Greg Blackman's um, Never Trust Another oh, Man never. Again? And
4: it's funny that I never met him because I did a few sessions with Primal Scream. Mm. I, guess, I guess a lot of musicians have, but um, but but now our, cr- our path, paths cross. Yeah. So we're going to have Duncan in the studio quite soon to yeah. play trumpet over. Uh, another project, an, another epic uh, science
0: fiction concept project that mm. me and Ashley put together.
2: Mm.
0: That's all about resonance and S- molecules. So exactly, I mean, I don't know how much we're allowed to talk about this, but I've I've been allowed to uh, to have a bit of a preview yeah. of this record, and yeah. I think it's something that's uh, it's really special and kind of quite needed now. But I don't want to say too much. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's something that's going to going going to, Mars. Mars. to
4: mention it. Yeah, to Mars. Mention yes. Good. Good. Mention on Mars. Yes, Mars. It's going to be part of a trilogy, so it's, um, it's the first album.
3: That's what Darren's told me anyway.
0: And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, have you started with the third part? <laughs> is this, this is the final part of the yes, trilogy. Yes, and it? we're working no, backwards. Yeah. Well, actually, well, it's, it's.
4: Yes, it's, this, it's.
0: And the second part, part of the trilogy Materialising the, the, the 1860s part is. part two.
4: So the next album will actually go back in time, the third now, it will be The Future but um, we've got a great writer called David Kane. <coughs> he's a friend of mine, he's, he's a brilliant writer, and we just talked to him a little bit about this concept of Martian consciousness coming to Earth. Um, well, we elaborated a bit further with that, but David really ran with that idea. He's, he's great with words, very poetic, and um, we ended up with a brilliant script, mm. which then we thought we need a narrator um so uh, if you want a really excellent voice you think of people you've worked with before and um again the synchronicity of meeting ash years ago and one of the tracks we worked on was give it by express 2, and uh kurt, kurt
3: wagner from uh, lamb chop yeah We yeah. say, yeah. say Wagner. Yeah, say i Ragnall. say tomato <laughs> <laughs> and you know so we work, uh, and we work with um Colleen Murphy, DJ Cosmo, mm. who's a protégé of uh, David Mancuso
2: mm.
3: from The Loft. And so she's
1: and she's also got Classic Album Sundays. she does
3: Classic Album Sundays as well, which is a, a great event to go to. Mm. And so she's... Colleen is the voice. The voice of Mother
4: Earth. Yeah, and uh, um, Kurt is the general narrator, really, for the story. Yeah. Mm. But it does feel kind of falls gently into two halves this album which is going to be perfect as, yeah. a, as a release as mm.
0: a yeah. and how long has it been in the making
4: well we finished it really about two two and a half years, years ago, ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna quickly go back and and revisit it, maybe put yeah. a few extra bits on it, but we're quite happy with the sound, and of the it. structure of it anyway. Mm-hmm. It so, yeah. does sound like something out of 1976 sometimes, but.
1: And we're gonna we're gonna, gonna play,
4: play to um, to Duncan McKay Yes, that was the point of saying that, wasn't it? So Duncan's gonna come in and blow some trumpet over some of the sections where yeah. it, it really goes. It goes quite. Uh, it's it's a it's an album that you could say across
0: between Kubrick and Sun Ra. It was yeah. funny, I was just about to say, because one of the first names you mentioned in your musical history was Sun Ra, and it does, yeah. there is something very... There is uh, something in there. Yeah.
1: And I, was, I was talking to Duncan the other day, and I, I said that um, I used to work at the V&A Museum, and when we had big exhibitions, I used to get asked to do the soundtracks for the exhibitions, and I used a guy called um, Nils Petter Mulwehr, who plays one note for half an hour on a trumpet. In <laughs> sort of very avant-garde Norwegian, Scandinavian best. trumpet. Mm. And as soon as I said that to Duncan, he went, that's exactly what I was thinking. This very sort of, you know, simple, stripped-back um, note that would hold a lot of pieces together. Mm. So he's got quite excited about good. it. yes. And oh, it's that's so off the wall. Yes, effects. Yes. 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 That's going to be great. But he was the youngest person to be signed to Blue Note as well. Wow. So, you know, D- Duncan is an extraordinary talent. So and there's some weight on this project. Yeah. There is some weight. Yes, mm. and
4: I think, it, it, I think we're going to think hard about how we go about releasing it. And I think it might end up something... Uh, beyond just just an
3: LP, yeah, I think there'd be a, a, a very high chance of it being a visual thing as well, you know, and, really, the yeah, and the performance.
1: Mm. You know, we'd we'd like to think that it could be launched at an observatory with extraordinary audio visuals and with uh, Darren and Ashley performing it on stage, whilst there were, you know, maybe. Dancers and all sorts of things going on to complement the work. Yeah, because you know, there's one piece um,
4: Although we don't want to say uh, There'll be 25 dancers. I was thinking more like two. Two. (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) two. And um, what's the piece when they um, are leaving Mars? What's that called?
4: What on the record?
1: Yes Um, Begins with an S Sidonia.
4: Oh, it begins with a C. Oh, that's C. a C. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's phonetic. And uh, anyway, that's that's so extraordinary. I've seen grown people cry when you play them that track. It's very, it's a very moving album. There's a slight Cheers.
4: influence, I think. Just before that, I was working a little bit on some Massive Attack stuff, where they were sending me their back catalogue, and I had to put it together. Um, as, on, piano as piano pieces. Piano mm. pieces, for which ended up. Over in um,
0: uh, the Banksy hotel. Um, yes, is that the one that was? That's the one that was built in the West the West Bank. Was West it? Bank, actually. that? Yeah. yeah. So it's it was it, was in, Palis- in Palestine. Yeah. yeah. I never got to see, but uh, mm.
4: too far away.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but the p- the point of that was there was a lot of um, mm. other things I was working with them. Uh, I think an Adam Curtis film. That's right, an Adam I, Curtis film. Yeah. Just at the same time that they were. Throwing ideas around, and uh, one of the things I had to do was uh, uh, take apart a score from Benjamin Britton's um, uh, Peter Dude.
1: P. Gint? Oh, is it Gint? Oh um, hang on a minute, I know exactly what you mean. I'll Google this team, I carry Our on. team of researchers. Yes. <laughs> this is what <laughs> I mean.
4: You know, you talk to me, I'll, I'll forget <laughs> all these things. But um, it was. I can't um, believe I forgot David Cole.
2: Did you upset? <laughs> <laughs>
4: And I've got that drummer and it's John Stevens. John Stevens, Stevens, yeah. Let's leave the self-flagellation until yeah. after we finish yeah, recording. <laughs> so I had, I, had to, yeah, mm. I had this score and I had to... Peter Grimes? Yeah, uh, Peter Grimes. I had this score and I had to put all these parts into uh, string machines and make it more electronic, much more interesting. So I had to buy the score and then read, read them in. But I think that particular one, Peter Grimes, there's a moment in there where it's so moving and it's very gentle um and i think that kind of ended ended up coming through a little bit on the on the opening to the album um and so it it does make people uh cry
0: a bit because it does it does it does have something about it that's from another Mm. time and another time and it's it's just wonderful to hear music that just takes you to a completely other place you know It's, it's Again, it's something that's quite rare these yeah. days and it's yeah. nice to just have that, that pure escapism and be able yeah. to feel what you need to feel but in, a comp- like in, 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 a, in an unfamiliar space. And if,
4: uh, if you're like me and, and can't really remember many things, it's a great thing to just let yourself go and just play and let it go and things do happen.
3: Yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting journey actually for because Africans and Mars started as a remix name. Right. really which i used you know just as a kind of
1: it was more experimental, experimental stuff wasn't it stuff. Well, yeah. slightly but off afro, the wall
3: yeah slightly off a bit afro-y you know mm. and i think darren took that and said <laughs> 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 i
0: like this i like this <laughs> suddenly you've got a concept got them to yeah
4: so really it kind of inflated into yeah developed um mm. The lead on that one, didn't you? I did, I, I ran with it, yeah, very much. <laughs> well,
0: it's a fantastic project, and we hope to be able to, um, to kind of at some point soon be able to give you know, give people some previews of the, yeah, uh, we that of that like in the magazine. I think we're aiming for next year, to have yeah, yeah. something definitely. Um, fantastic out there yeah Yeah. so just to just to sum up as as north street the north street crew what have you got uh what have you got coming up what's cooking in the
1: the studio right now um, well we've just finished Shea face um concrete big apple so this is a hip-hop record this is a hip-hop record and a guy called marcus o'brien came to ashley on facebook and said here's a video of my nephew and we played the video And we were so impressed by it, I said, right, I've got to invent a new record label called Ramrock Red so I can sign him. So I spoke to Marcus and he introduced me to his nephew um, who lives in Brooklyn. And he's done this entirely with a squad uh, of friends. And this has all been done through community workshops um, on a very low budget, but I played this to Baby Bam from the Jungle Brothers and he just nodded and said it reminded him of... Native songs. Native mm-hmm. tongues. Yeah. Which What's for me, it, it, it has all that feel of the real sort of classic early 90s hip hop for me, which is, is my era. Yeah. So all the sort of Tribe Called Quest, all the um, De La Soul, all the Rebirth of Cool volume 2 you know anything that sort of goes along those lines is good with me mm. and and you know Shay Face has just captured that whole flavour and and these lyrics are, are, are wonderful he's a very clever lyricist mm. um, and there's no bling in there there's no sort of um, gun touting ting or any sort of fast cars right, it's, it's, back, just, it's
0: back to the essence isn't like it it's awesome. real soulful, soulful boom-bap yeah. yeah, the video is available the, the video of the original version is available. On, on YouTube. YouTube on now. YouTube. YouTube. So that's actually. Shea Face.
1: Shea Face as in Shea Butter, S-H-E-A face F-A-C-E. And it's called Concrete with a K, Concrete Big Apple. Um and you can see the original and the remixes and the original will all be coming out on digital and vinyl on Ramrock Red. Uh probably in about a month and a half for the digital and probably about ten weeks for the vinyl because over in the UK the majors have taken over the pressing plant so any of the little independents now have to go to the back of the queue mm. and wait their turn. I think
0: everyone's having the same, same yeah. Issue yeah, globally at the moment. Yes
1: mm. so um, if anyone would like to invest in the Ramrock pressing plant I'd be happy to take your money because um, I know where there's some pressing lathes.
0: I did, see, I did see an advert for a pressing plant for sale somewhere in West Africa recently. Wow. The whole, the whole oh, well thing. that would
1: probably have been um, from EMI.
0: To, uh, maybe we just need to pop over there. Yeah,
3: probably EMI. Well, yeah.
0: well we
1: went to, but I'm, because I was, the, I was the archivist for Universal Music for six years and one of my things was um, trying to see the furthest outposts for um, EMI or let's say for instance Stateside which was owned by EMI um, I've recently turned up a uh, an issue of the Kinks on Indian stateside, pressed under license in Bombay. Wow! Wow! I mean, that's really you know crate digging, and uh, that was in the former Yugoslavia. That was in um, in Serbia, and we had a great time. I know. Well, uh, we had a fantastic host, uh, Deanne, um who does the Midnight Jazz Stage yes. at the Serbian. Niche Niche. Jazz Festival and he took us to the uh, with DJ Amir took us to the uh, record shop in Niche and uh, we've turned up an album we're not going to say too much about it but there is going to be an edit from an album that we purchased um, on Brunswick that's all I'm going to say so watch this space
0: so that's also something that's happening in in the North Street Studios there's going to be some edits coming
1: Hopefully. Hopefully, a good couple of edits going and
3: also, but classy edits.
1: Classy edits, <laughs> and, then, um, and also the exciting thing is um, the first remix that we did outside Ramrock, um, Blank and Jones. Blank and
3: Jones. Is yeah. it Give
1: It To Me with Cassandra? Nice. Give Me Give It Something by Cassandra. Anyway, it was a North Street mix. I'll just go and check it. It was played on Pete Tong. Yeah. Our first remix. That's fantastic. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Very exciting. We stayed up and listened, Pete, to the whole <laughs> show. And then we, we actually cheered when we heard it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a bit of a coup. It's Let me great. Just... It's
0: nice to see the hard work, the hard work paying off. Let yeah. me just... And then you've got, at the moment, out now, you've got the remix, the North Street remix of, is it Stand Circle? Stand Circle, yeah. yes. Save Me, which is a, a really special record. I kind yeah. of urge people to, to, to you. dig for that one.
1: That's, that's on digital. That's on um, F-star-clear, C-L-R. Um, and if people are wondering where the name came from, if you look on any vending machine, at the bottom of the panel that you press the numbers on, you see F-star and C-L-R. Oh. And you press those buttons to get your money back right. if it gets stuck in the slot. Fantastic! And it, it came <laughs> to me in a blinding flash on Ashford Railway Station. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that one
0: wasn't
3: in Serbia, then. No,
1: that wasn't in Serbia. Ashton, Serbia. So there's
3: also as well. I'm I'm gonna push probably for next it's
1: year. Cool, it's called Give It To
3: Me. Give It To Me, yeah.
1: With uh, Emma Brammer. Emma Brammer. And it was remixed by uh, Cassandra and. Uh, and yourself, Darren, and me. Mm, yeah. North Street remix. Fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted.
3: Yeah, I'm going to push to, to try and do a North Street original material EP as well, probably for next year as well. Mm. You know, just a
2: little
3: new groovish type three tracker, which
2: would be lovely, you know. Mm. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. in terms of the future for you three, theres i, I it seems like you're kind of expanding. Further and further outward, is there any genre
1: that, that, that you wouldn't touch at this stage? Thrash metal. Thrash <laughs> metal and folk. Well done, I don't know. You might it's do folk. folk. all yeah. comes from folk, doesn't it? Yeah,
4: I'm in a band called God's Mama, that's pretty that's yeah, you're, heavy. Yeah. That's uh, like a sort of Patti Smith. Is he? And the fool, really, a bit of a fusion between those two.
1: I mean, I don't object to a mandolin or, or uh, maybe a tin whistle. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> if pushed, I could include those in a mix.
4: So we'll say the guy I've been working with, Roy Inc. I N C. Uh, vocalist on the latest what's uh, Horse disco scale. record? Yes. Ah,
3: okay. Um, well, you did. The, you were involved with the latest single, weren't
4: you? That's right. Yeah, I can I, I help write that and put that together. So what's that record called? um waiting for you to call yeah. okay uh Sweet disco um and we have a number of those <laughs> kinds of uh ideas sitting there but um uh, the brilliant luke solomon um came along and uh helped really brought that all together and mm. and uh took a lead. To
3: Hello, Luke. Hello. Hi, Luke.
4: Thanks. <laughs> but took a lead on that to release it, and, and so that's come out. And the vocalist on that is Roy, Roy, I-N-C, Inc. Um, so Roy's been coming up here once a month, and I me and him have been working on a, an EP. And uh, what I wanted to say is, uh, I think it might be a new genre of music called Rogue Music.
0: <laughs> I like that. You heard it yeah, here it's first. Quite,
4: it's, quite, it's quite hard-edged and dirty, and... Uh, um, with electronic um, vibe to a tune and lots of hip hop uh, breaks um, finding their way in, but only, only how, I, how I play it. But uh, Roy's delivery is, is, is brilliant, so that's something exciting that uh, might come out next year, and I might even play it to Joe for one of your. Uh,
1: Yes, uh, for one of my labels.
4: Labels. could, yes. be, a, could be a new arm. To yes, land,
1: rock, the
0: road music. Yeah, right. <laughs> land, rock, <laughs>
1: and I've just finished working with... Um, well, we've all finished working with Moose Tea. I, I did some production work for Moose Tea and um, we ended up... Anaya Day is on the track and it's called Rock the Mic and Taz. And uh, that will be coming out soon. But that's um, that's a sort of homage to the sort of um... oh excuse me, who's calling the golden shot? Dean. Dean? Yes, go yeah. on. Go ahead. De- <laughs> yes. Um, Hi, Dean. <laughs> can we call you back, Dean? It's all a, happening live it's, on there. It's a it's a homage to the sort of early hip hop tracks um sort of blended with disco mm. so that's yeah. um key is right. made reference to and i mean in my head if Bismarcky is actually listening to this we would like him to have a cameo in the video just a nod towards yeah. the camp is he is he still with us he is isn't he i believe so i yeah. believe he's so still, still yeah.
0: djing and seeing all, all over the planet yes
1: great well we'll have Bismarcky. yeah he's got such a great energy that guy yeah so yeah, but, yeah. but
0: Moose Steve definitely a big greeting to him because I feel like Peppermint Jam is one of those labels that's been around for a long time, but it's really found it's uh, it's I found its stride again that, with the then. last the last few releases.
1: Yep. So, <laughs> right in the middle of a phone call now
0: yeah it's all happening so one of the one rule with the uh, the podcast that i probably should have warned you about before is i yeah. tend not to edit it at all <laughs>
1: perfect <laughs> Sorry. so Sorry. dean that was actually dean thatcher from the oh, aloof yeah. the yeah. 90s yeah. house um outfit that's right oh, and, uh, with jack Skula, who
0: was, yes who, a uh, good friend of mine. <laughs> so he's 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 vibrating. Yes. yes. On, again and creating the pollen. Yeah. There's yes. pollen flying off, uh, flying yeah. off flowers yeah. no, all, across, uh, all across the planet. Yeah. Right. But now.
1: It, it is really extraordinary the the kind of tenuous links that we've all got to each Absolutely, other. Yeah. It's a very tangled web. Mm. But it's a beautiful tangled web. Yeah. And um, so
4: I've got the pleasure. Of, uh, I've been working with Steve Mason, a great uh, vocalist who uh, come out of. Um, he put together the Beta Band in the 90s. Um, and he's a superb artist with um, three albums out under his own name, Steve Mason. And um, he's teaching me how to just minimise the music and just bring out the vocal. And his, his lyrics are incredible. I mean, that really helps. But that does rub off when we've got um, a good vocal that comes in for a remix or something that we're working on. Mm. If the vocal is outstanding then you don't try and
0: crowd it and I think that's, that's kind of how we look to Greg Blackman. So Greg Blackman is a, is a vocalist, um, incredible soul man who's from, uh, from this part of the world as well yeah. and uh, he, was, he did an album on BBE with uh, Mr. Bird, the producer and yeah something that I, re- I remember really noticing with your work the north street remixes of, of that stuff was that i was very familiar through working with bbe with the the record with the original songs and what blew me away with your remixes it was a case of taking it away and yes. giving his Gives so much, much space, space around his voice and uh, you know
4: when a voice deserves that space mm. uh, it deserves to be heard and uh, i mean you know there's so many different ways of playing it and uh, Greg's. Greg's mixes are great, you know, and the BV's that he puts on the backing vocals that he stacks up are incredible. Mm. But what is even more incredible is when you take it away and you have the pleasure of listening to that wonderful voice and it's so moving. And I
1: think that's what we did. Um, Because again, I I heard Greg and Mr. Bird on Soundcloud and I approached BBE and said, could I license this to Ramrock Blue? Which I had to invent to put Greg on. It's a recurring theme. It here, is a recurring Can Greg? you see a pattern emerging? <laughs> and so I what colours I, are there? Um well there's Ramrock in the middle, then there's red and there's blue. <coughs> I don't think I'm gonna go. You think I'll,
0: eventually you'll be able to sing a rainbow.
1: I will be. I'll run out of colours <laughs> in the end. But um with with Greg, when I got all the parts and, you know, presented them to Darren and Ash, and I just said I, I just literally want to hear him on his own. Um, We've had a massive amount of support. Um, John Oliver from um, Dance Web Radio, DWR. uh, I played him over again, which was the first track that I licensed, and he said, oh, could I have a a copy to have on my radio show? I said, look, this is completely... We haven't signed with BBE yet. Don't give it to anyone. Okay, I promise. And he promptly gave it to Tom Walton, and... Then I got an email from Tom Morton and I didn't believe it was from Tom Moulton and I rang Tom Morton in the States and he went, ''Hi, this is Tom Moulton.'' I went, "Ah, ''Yeah, right, okay." And um, he sent me a remix which he'd done which was completely unsolicited because he loved the track so much. And um, I I rang him back and I said, ''I love the track, I love what you've done to it, but can I have a a longer mid-light, please?'' and Ashley stood next to me, he said you've just asked Tom Morton who invented the 12 inch and the disco remix to put a longer mid-light in it I said but yeah it's my label so I can kind of debate he's free, he's doing this for nothing I went yeah but I just want it to be perfect and when I put it out I mean the, the buzz that surrounded that release, everyone was going how did you get Tom Morton to remix your debut 12-inch, and I went. It's all to do with pollen and bees, and you know vibrations, and man. And Ooh, John, you Oliver? Know, yeah, yeah, no. John Oliver, you know, all praises due to John Oliver. You John Oliver
0: from the Daily Show for a second. Yes,
1: yeah. no, no. <laughs> the, the wonderful John Oliver, who I knew from when I used to work on uh, BBC Radio Kent. I was on a. I was co-hosting um, a show with a guy called Rod Lucas back in the 80s and John was a sound engineer on there so what are the chances of me bumping into my old sound engineer who was then running a radio station who then knew Tom Moulton you know it's all these very strange uh, connections that you make in life and you never know when they're going to come in useful again
4: but
0: what seems to be connecting them all is a life of the music yes mm which is a wonderful thing. And that is the kind of, uh, again, it's, it, it, I suppose if we, if we were to sort of tie up the whole conversation, these kind of move, these migrations into small towns kind of tend to weed out because as the industry gets larger and there's so many peripheral jobs in the yeah. music industry with non-music people involved in it and they, you know, to an extent with te- the technology takeover of the music industry, you end up the industry being led by non-music people So the nice thing about moving away from the big cities is that you don't have so many people in the peripheral roles and the people who are here are about. The music, rather than the kind of flashing or the showing off, or the all the, sort of the leggings,
1: you know, making yeah. sure that they get a ticket to to the gigs. You know, mm. the, what what's brilliant about working on on the label is the fact that you know it's almost like I wrote the music, I sing the theme tune, and I, you know, from from uh, which was a comedy show that had that in. Was it? Wasn't Little Britain? Was it? No. There was a comedy. I write the theme tune. I sing the theme tune. <laughs> It sounds
4: like a little bit. It
1: sounds it? like something like that, but it was it was a, the whole thing is that we do everything in house. Mm. You know, we have in-house production, in-house art team with with Richard Epps. Um, then when everybody gets signed to Ramrock, they become family, and we've got I mean, there's a the next project on Ramrock Blue after Greg Blackman is with um, Frederick from the eighties. Um, who's been producing beautiful soul music and he's come up with, uh, with Games, which was on his first album and we're doing a rework of it. Now, thanks to Steve Ripley, who promotes all my records for me, you know, that kind of falls in my lap. You know how many people can say, "Oh, you get given, you know, an 80s soul star."
4: Joe, so why are there tiny little children? The
1: tiny children on, on your tiny, shoulders. Yes, <laughs> they're standing on the shoulders of giants. So
0: just to kind of uh, to tie it up, would you say, you know, the people who are listening are interested in, in obviously the way you were you were doing things, which is slightly different. Um, you know, that those connections that you make. What would be your advice to people who are kind of starting out and 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 want to find themselves in that kind of uh, be
1: proactive Mm. and trust your
0: ears but it's approaching people in the right way isn't it well it is is with respect it's not just accidental no No,
1: it's It's, do do your research don't Mm. kind of tip up and know nothing about the artist. If there isn't anything about the artist, ask the artist about what they have done and say, Look, I've searched online, couldn't find anything about you. Have you recorded under a different name? Never assume that they're new to the game because mm. more often than not, you know, they've either been working in a production capacity or as an artist, and it's very disrespectful not to find out first. A lot of
4: uh, people reinvent themselves, change their
1: stage yeah, names. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, always approach. People with respect. Um, don't be too pushy. You know, if they say no, just say, Are you sure you don't want to sign? Okay, that's cool. Um, and if they do sign, be, you know, a supportive. Help them on social media. Thank everybody that plays your track. Um, have a fantastic address book. Always be courteous to promoters.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, mm-hmm. everybody that plays our tune. I said, if you tag, tag me on, on Facebook or, or on Twitter, at Ramrock Records, I will repost your show. I will listen to your show. And I've done it with every single show over the last two years. Mm. And anybody that, you know, is gracious enough to play what we put out have become involved. There's a guy called Steve Lamming who does a, a show called The Good Stuff. And he played Bobby Gentry's unreleased version of Stormy, which is a female vocal with a guitar, which inspired me to get Greg Blackman into the studio with Chris Frank. So, you know, I feed off what the DJs are playing and I listen and, oh, they're playing it with that. Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, so you're never stagnant. Do Do not, you're only as good as your last gig. Don't sit on your laurels, be proactive and if you overhear a conversation at the bus stop have the neck to interrupt politely and say oh did you just say you had a hip-hop artist i'd love to hear it here's my email and and just take it from there you know it's Fantastic. an adventure yeah always
3: it's that chime with
1: with the two of you
3: yeah absolutely I think Joe's spoken for us there
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I think that's probably a good time to wrap it up I think we've got another epic epic edition of the podcast Um, so how let's have all of your Twitter handles because North Street Studios has its own social media now is that right we've got North Street Studio One Facebook page yes Um, there
4: will be a Twitter soon
1: Um... (laughs) when I've got round to it
2: (laughs) But,
4: but for now, uh, North Street, Street Facebook North Street Studio One, yeah. yes. say, yeah. say hello to us there and um, we, we always post up everything that's coming out here. And then from there, you've got all the branches off to Ramrock and to Ashley and, and to yes. all your individual projects. All our individual projects, yeah. yeah. And, and I've got and a, So there's a whole umbrella of things, really.
3: Mm. And I've got on Twitter, mine is at the Ashley Beadle,
1: and Facebook is... Uh, it's Ashley Beadle. Ashley Beadle, yeah. Yes, that's b uh, like bees and pollen, yeah. not B-E-A. And mine is uh, it's Ramrock Records. So
0: what we'll do is we'll put a, a huge number of links in the uh, on the podcast page for this. I'll, I'll, afterwards, okay. I'll let's let's try and get hold of some of the music and we'll yeah. we'll play it in the background yeah. and. Uh, Thank you. It'll all. certainly be very, very diverse as well. Yeah. Exactly. It's is exciting. It? You know? Lovely. And we'll just we'll put all of these links and uh, hopefully. They uh, can
1: visit for, for music, they can go to either Ashley's um, SoundCloud or Ramrock Records mm. for um, full-length versions of each track when we put them up.
0: Yeah. I get the feeling if you've enjoyed this podcast um, there's going to probably be a month's worth of uh, a month's worth of research and, uh, and listening to do to follow up which is give me time to do another one fantastic <laughs> so, uh, well, thanks
1: for having us it's an well, absolute pleasure thank you pleasure. Well, thank
2: you, yeah, thank you Will. The ones that speak the loudest seem to be the worst oh. But must